Hey everybody, Mike Close here from Mozilla Companies, and welcome to the Mozilla Companies podcast. If you're new, welcome. We're happy to have you. If you're returning, welcome back and thanks for listening. In this episode, I sit down with Chris Whitney from Progressive Crane and Todd White, Matt McDonald, and Sam Reuter from FHS call in, and we talk about gantry cranes. We start by talking about how people have a misunderstanding about what a gantry crane actually is. Then we discuss some of the different types of gantry cranes and what they're used for. And we wrap everything up by talking about the different things you need to consider before purchasing a gantry crane system. We're here to talk about gantry cranes. I don't know if you saw in my email, but that search term gets 8,100 unique searches a month. Well, we have found, especially down here, and it's maybe the same up there, is a lot of people in the industries call bridge cranes gantry cranes. So, you know, everything seems to be tagged or labeled as a gantry crane for the most part, a lot of times. Okay, so maybe that's... uh... Maybe that's a good way to kick it off is let's kind of talk about what a gantry crane is and what the differences are between a gantry crane and a bridge crane. A gantry crane is is basically a single or double beam supported by two uh, legs, one at each end, uh, as a you know, which is really considered a full gantry. Uh, there's also such a thing as a semi gantry where maybe there's one leg on one side and the other side rides up on a runway system, you know, maybe next to building columns or, or a side wall. Typically a gantry is, is, is the, the full gantry is what we typically think of. Smaller ones, you know, run on casters or maybe rubber wheels so that they can uh, mobilize throughout a facility, uh, be moved anywhere in the shop, especially when it's empty and not under a load, maybe up to five or 10 ton. We've seen that numerous times. You know, heavier ones obviously run on rail, typically in a straight line in a dedicated work area. A lot of times the rail, as a rule, is usually uh, embedded flush with the surface of the floor so that other equipment, scissor lifts, forklifts, carts, whatever can kind of roll over top of it in, in, in a cross through. Usually the benefits of a gantry, you know, obviously you're eliminating columns uh, on longer systems. You don't have the runway beams and the columns. Sometimes it can work out to be more advantageous cost-wise. It just depends on the situation. Uh, usually gantries if outdoors can allow you to lift higher heights because you don't have the limitations of, of, of a roof. Okay. And there again, with, with real tall runway systems, you can get into some pretty expensive runways that that you want to avoid by using a gantry. I think the one point that that Todd brought out that really needs to be, I think the true advantage of a gantry crane is there's no columns. Most people that, that will go to a gantry crane do that because they're going to be running a lot of traffic, forklifts, carts in and out of that area and a column is just a target. And if they can eliminate those, it, uh, it just makes it much more easier uh, to maneuver around in that area, not having to worry about the columns. I think that probably most of the, the larger gantries that we've done have been centered around that. They want that traffic uh, to get forklifts in to pick up materials, get trucks in to be loaded or anything like that. That's probably, yeah, uh, the bigger ones that we've done right, have been right. for that reason. Yep, shipbuilding, heavy fab, where there's a lot of traffic, absolutely. We're uh, I'm currently working on a project right now up in Arkansas for a, for a large steel coil and sheet company, and they have a semi gantry that's 30 ton, and it's going to be used for lifting coils, and it's on a 450 foot long run. Um, you know, one side has the rail flush down into the floor, 
the other side is up on a runway system on support columns. So, you know, that's, uh, that's one of the bigger ones we've done recently anyway. Well, and what's, what's cool is that, and what I like when I talk to, you know, the guys on the progressive side who are kind of up here and then you guys that are down in the South, you guys have different perspectives too on how the crane systems that you build are being used. So like, you know, Chris up, up kind of in the Great Lakes region here, how are the gantries used up here? Most of it's fab. Um, I've seen some moving, like you said, with the coiled, coiled steel, um, but a lot, a lot of the stuff up here is heavy fab. Um, one of our biggest crane customers uh, builds barges for moving whatever garbage and whatnot on the rivers. And I mean, they, they love the gantries. They've got double leg gantries outside. They've got single leg gantries, you know, semi gantries inside. Um, another guy, again, they, they're fabbing truck scales. Um, same deal though. They've got some semi gantries where they've got a lot of cross traffic. Um, but I, I think the, the major advantages the open space mm-hmm. is, is huge right and what do you guys yeah what do you guys down in florida um see like the primary applications how are they being used so it seems yeah it seems like ours has been the concrete industry where they have the big open slab um where they can put their forms and everything and they you know then when they're done with that forklift truck can get in there pick it up and switch out forms and so it's they're they're more for outdoor um, outdoor use in the concrete. Where's the one that we saw that you guys did? <laughs> you guys did one down here uh, in Florida, and theirs is theirs is a single leg up against the building. They used uh, the uh, the runways up against the building, and then the single leg comes out, and it's just out on a big flat concrete um, uh, slab. And, uh, and it just looked more for uh, storage, but they could get trucks in there to be able to pick up and load. Uh, I mean, it, I'll tell you, it's a, it's a very nice looking, it's just too bad that it's behind the building and, and not out front or on the side where somebody could see it when they go by. <laughs> yeah, it's a nice looking, nice looking crane. Now, one one con I was thinking about, and I want to see what you guys think is is the power delivery to a gantry, especially outside. Um, if it's a double leg, you know, we've we've done a few, and I'm I'm quoting a couple right now actually, where we're just putting a, it's a three hundred two three hundred foot long run runways and a gantry on each. We use those large power reels. Um, what have you guys typically done with double leg gantries and, and power delivery when you don't necessarily have a building around it? Um, the best one that the best one that we've done that's lasted, especially too. Uh, yeah, we have these little things, these little storms that come through called hurricanes. <laughs> and, uh, I think I've heard of those. Yeah, sometimes they can take out. Uh, you know, they can knock things over, but. Uh, Todd designed one. We did a we did two um, two gantry cranes for a on on the same uh, runway system. And what he did is he developed like a telephone pole system. Yep. You know, we put we put the collectors up in the air, um, and and built like every 
you know, just like we would have, it was a, it was away from the side where they needed to access. But I'm telling you what, it's what they've had. Uh, they've been up there probably 15 years and have never had one single issue with the electrification. Yeah, cord wheels. We we you know, especially too when you get when you're starting to talk over 50, 60, 80, 100 feet. Um, cord wheels can be a pain in the ass. Um, just for the simple fact that you know, once that spring blows, you know, then it's got it. You know, then it's dragging on the ground, and you got to find a way know, to route the cable without it going all over the place, and then that becomes an issue. Um, Sam, have you had any? Uh, any jobs where you've had the yeah i mean i'm not huge on cable reels just the fact that you got a cable laying on the ground and you know there's you know the whole purpose is to have forklift traffic or or right right um that's the one thing is cord reels i'm not huge on them of course the bigger ones are magnetic drives so that's not so terrible as far as that you know spring letting go or anything like that but uh yeah i just i think we've been i bet i think we've been fortunate you know that the system that we have you know with the with the uh the flagpole or the telephone pole system has worked uh really well for us we actually put a uh a small runway system onto uh onto the uh, we use the mainframes of the building put uh put a uh, an i-beam small i-beam that ran the length and then put the four bar coming off of that mm-hmm. and and again that's been up there for mm-hmm. 15 years and never had an issue of any collector problems or anything feeding it uh i think if you can keep it up off the floor or away from the traffic it uh it's done, uh, we've had absolutely no issues with them. We've got a gantry nearby in Lake Wales here, about 20 minutes away that uh, they've got a light a light duty building over top of this gantry that kind of fills up the whole building and it goes in and out, but there's more travel inside the building than there is out. Um, what we've done recently is we redid their electrification as, as a new project and supported it along the roof, just above the gantry inside and extended it out on lightweight beams and I think one or two posts to support that uh, to continue the conductor bar outside, um, which fortunately it didn't have to go very far outside, so it made that easy. But, you know, again, every every situation is kind of different and you have to kind of design around that accordingly. Do you guys get into the power chain at all? Have you guys used that on any of the products? Mm-mm. Not Not too much yet. No. Yeah. Not too much, but uh, it, it it looks like something we're gonna we're gonna look at more in the future for sure. I mean, power power delivery yeah. is one thing that I was thinking of from a con standpoint is you really have to know what the end user is looking to do with the space that they have. Yeah. Well, you know, when it when it when it comes to gantries and making that decision, that is always one of the key aspects of okay, how are we gonna power this thing? You know, and we end up saying, let's put a motor and make it gasoline. <laughs> <laughs> so then what are some of the other component systems that, uh, you know, may require some additional thought or consideration because, you know, they, they may be used outdoors or like you said, they may even be crossing from indoors to outdoors. 
what else do you have to kind of consider when you're designing these? Well, I mean, if it's if it's being used outdoors, obviously you want to consider, um, you know, the type of paint or finish or material you're going to use because it is exposed to the outdoor weather. Um, you know, just like you would an outdoor crane system, uh, from the paint finish to or or galvanizing, you know, or or stainless or you know whatever the case might be, along with your your um, electrical aspects for motor heaters and, you know, NEMA 4X panels and things like that, um, you know, covers, but, uh, indoor versus outdoor, that's really the main thing. Um, do they do anything like, uh, I've seen some outdoor monorail systems. I think it's, is it called a doghouse where they kind of have a covered area where you can take the hoist and the trolley over to when it's not in use. Do you guys do that on Yeah, we've done doghouses. We've done dog houses in the past that actually travel over top of the hoist the whole time, okay. or we have a parking a parking station at the end of the crane. Gotcha. Yeah. So, what are some of the other? Um, are there any specific maintenance issues or problems that you run into with a gantry system? <laughs> Running the end truck motors into something solid. <laughs> yeah, and that's the thing because you've got your leg on the floor and an end truck with a motor off the edge of it so you can there's there's a lot of things that can get banged around and especially I, I don't know how you guys typically do you know some of the gantries we've done the panel and everything has been down at the floor level and then we just pipe everything up to the top so again you've got all your controls and everything down at the bottom too okay what we've done to combat that we had something that had a radio frequency around the outside of the leg, so that if anything got within five feet of it, it would cut the power to the gantry. So it was more of a safety feature for the gantry moving than it was for the actual gantry itself. But mm-hmm. um, you know, that's th- that's one thing you do have to be cognizant of is you've got machinery and components <laughs> that can get banged into, and like you guys, I'm sure you guys know it's going to happen. <laughs> Same with crane legs. You know, and a lot of time, and a lot of times, we typically face the drive motors on the end trucks inboard rather than outboard because of that. Um, we've also made them vertical. You know, mounted the gearboxes with 90 degree and made them vertical, um, just to keep them from sticking out as much as well. Okay. We've even gone so far as to put the motor on top of the end truck. Chain drive. And drive and drive it that way. It's, it's chain yeah. drive. The chain drive. Yeah. Yep. So what would be the benefit of, or what type of applications would you see a gantry that runs on tires versus one that runs on like a rail or track system? Generally a lighter duty, unless you're talking about, you know, these big gantries on big wheel, tired wheels that we don't really get into because that's a whole nother niche. Yeah. Um, Typically they're on rubber wheels and casters so that they can be, you know, remobilized throughout throughout a plant or a shop you know, and it doesn't have to stay in a straight line. Um, okay. And they can roll them around anywhere they want, especially when they're empty because they're easy to move. And like I said, the capacities are usually lighter on those. I've seen them up to, up to maybe 10 ton at the most so that they can still be moved, you know, when they're empty. Okay. Um, but that's generally, generally about it. And you guys, you guys kind of mentioned it earlier, but I think one of the other advantages is that, you know, you can either have production running or you can have other, types of smaller crane systems underneath, whether they're smaller gantries or workstations or jibs. Yeah, typically for workstation areas where they can move them around to different workstations, whereas 
you know, fixed jib cranes or our little workstation jibs specified, you know, and fixed in one area. Mm-hmm. Um, the thing, you know, um, I, I, I just never been a big proponent of, of jib cranes for the simple fact that once you spend that $4,000 on that block of concrete and all of a sudden you decide to move your operation, it's kind of tough to pull that block of concrete out of the ground and move it with your jib. So, uh, yeah, little uh, little workstation uh, gantry cranes um, seem to be uh, a lot more popular now. I will tell you that since they've gone to these footerless jibs for some of these smaller weights, you know that's been that's been better. But to unless you know that this operation is going to stay in this place forever. Um, it's better to go with a gantry crane than it is to go with a jib crane. And the other thing, nice thing about these smaller gantries on casters or rubber wheels that you can move around is, you know, they come adjustable in heights. Um, so you can kind of change them up and down, do what you need to. If they got to clear underneath something in the building, whether it be ductwork to get to another area in the plant, you know, they've got that capability to raise them up and down. Okay. Um, so that, that's a key benefit as well. Yep. Is that what you, is that what's considered a portable gantry? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yep. They also make adjustable spans too. Okay. So you can adjust in and out. Yeah. Yeah. And so just like any other crane system, I mean, you really have to have an understanding of the the duty cycle and the service classification to know what components you're going to be putting on it uh, when you're kind of designing and specking it out. I, I think it's. I think it's like anything. The more you know about an application and what they're trying to accomplish, um, tends to uh, help make a better choice on what system is is right for the application. And uh, you know that's why I think you can get you can get a small gantry crane, you know, for far less than it would cost to put in a jib crane. You know, when they're trying to say, I need to cover this area, um, as long as they don't mind to put down some, you know, on a small system, maybe put down, you know, some angle, inverted angle for, you know, your track or something like that uh, would work much better than, you know, a jib crane. And as, as, as the business grows, uh, it gives you more flexibility uh, in order to kind of lay out your warehouse as you as you grow. Typical a portable gantry crane is used to lift and hold something in place while it's being worked on, fabricated, produced, you know, in production or fabrication. And then it's let back down, uh, not necessarily being moved to a different location. And then the jib will go off and do the same thing for another spot. But, um, you know, that's just that's just the most popular means to use a, a portable gantry. Is there anything else you guys can think of that we didn't cover? The only other thing taken into account with the portable gantries is um, knowing knowing where you're going to be using it throughout the plant. If you're going to be mo- moving it to different spots and where you're going to have power delivery, because I've, I've multiple times you know we've. I've asked that question to somebody and they're like, you know, I didn't think about that. I was just going to have a cord with, you know, 20 foot of extra 
you know, length on it, and then they go to put, use it in another spot, and there's no power there within that 20 feet. So now they're stuck with a gantry they can't even use unless they, you know, move power yeah. or bring temporary power in. So that's with, with the portable gantry, that's something that the the end user always has to consider is is where where they're going to be able to bring power to this thing, so that they're they 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 have coverage. Yeah. On several of the uh, portable gantries I've done, um, we knew they were going to be used at multiple locations throughout a plant. Um, I've even gone so far as to supply 100 extra feet of SO with a plug on it and just a cord. Make it uh, single phase? Uh, well, uh, you know, I mean, because if you, if you go oh, single phase, yeah, you, you can plug it in that's anywhere. any outlet. Yeah, yeah. Exactly. But just supply a, a, an extension cord mounted right to on a, on a cord reel or... Yeah or any sort of, uh, even just a bolt welded to the side of the gantry and you hang the cord on that. Yeah. yeah. And now that, and now that they've made, you know, now that they're making single face hoist yeah. faster, yeah. Um, and you, can, you can, you can plug that into anything. So, um, that, that's kind of the way we've gone, you know, over the last few years, um, is, is doing it that way. Well, just as a side note, too, something I was thinking about as far as differences between a gantry and a bridge crane, one of the main differences that you will find between the two is that speed of the crane is a huge difference. You know, you can, yeah. you can run a bridge crane at a pretty high speed. Gantry cranes are typically slow, slow crawling speeds. Um, you know, and it's not, it's not in, used in a, in a, in a, in a case where speed is, is needed. It's, a slower process or, or it's just not a concern. Uh, the other thing is uh, the amount of foot traffic and how many people are going to be working in the area. In a coil facility, you got one guy, he's the operator, he's picking up a coil, oiling the machine. There's not a bunch of people around. Mm -hmm. um, I get a little nervous about a lot of foot traffic around a, a gantry just because of the danger of, of having somebody getting their foot run over or, or whatever, not paying attention. So, you know, either if there is going to be a lot of foot traffic and you need to go and they want, want a gantry, it's, you know, guarding and, and any kind of a personnel device on, on the unit to disallow movement when there is somebody within so, so close to the end trucks. Yeah, somebody or something. Right, mm -hmm. exactly. Well, thanks, guys. Thanks, Sam. It was nice to meet you. Todd, Matt, as mm -hmm. always. Appreciate your time. Awesome. Sounds cool. good. Yep. Thanks, guys. <laughs> See you guys. Take care. And that's all for today's episode. I hope we were able to provide you with a better understanding of what a gantry crane is, as well as the different capabilities, types, and configurations that are available. If you liked what you heard, share this episode with your friends and your coworkers. You can also head over to mazellacompanies.com resources, where we've got a ton of blog articles about overhead cranes, rigging best practices, and so much more. If you're into video, check out our YouTube channel at youtube.com slash Companies. For all of us at Mozilla Companies, I'm Mike Close. Thank you for listening.